All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 97.1 FM Talk. Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Friday afternoon, we take into Super Bowl weekend here on 97.1 FM Talk. In fact, Mr. Frank Cusimano will join us. And we'll talk a little football and baseball, and we'll do that with Matt Pauley in the next hour as well. I was asking, Jane, you're just going to hang out and watch the game on Sunday? I think so. Yeah, I no think party, so. No party plans or anything like that? Well, I mean, I tend to overeat. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, seriously, like all of the all of the Super Bowl food, I mean, that's, you know, that's it could add up quickly. It does add up quickly. Fred, what are you going to do? Uh, I think I'm going to be watching it on my own. Usually yeah. I, I host a Super Bowl party, but this year I didn't. Yeah, and I've been at that party so many times. The invites have come <laughs> fast and furious over the years, so I understand that. Yeah. I've had Super Bowl parties as well, and I was going to do something just with a couple of friends this year, but they, they, they accepted invites way early than I invited them, so we're just going to do it on our own, which I'm okay with because I want to watch the game and I want to watch right. the uh, the Chiefs in this particular game. Abby's probably tailgating starting tomorrow morning. If I had to guess with your you know, you know enthusiasm about the NFL, <laughs> Abby, you're going to be all over that. You're feeling We're going to be reading about her in the paper, she aren't was, we? She was out yesterday. We're all this is kind of like the show is starting to be whole and then Sue's out. She won't be back until um, Tuesday. My friend Don Kendrick is going to join us for Sue's News on Monday. Don used to work here in the television world in St. Louis when they had a news department like back in the day at Channel 30. Remember that? Mm. She's been in Cleveland for years. Her um, her father was, uh, Larry Kendrick was a judge here for yes. a long time. Yes. Um, was a huge fan of the Mark Reardon show. He I passed away a few years ago. He's he a great guy. I really liked him. So nice Don is living back here in St. Louis and she's going to spend some time with us doing Sue's News. Uh, I have Ian Shear from CNET coming up in the next hour. We're going to talk about some of this artificial intelligence stuff. But one topic that I'm going to throw out to him, and I'm going to do it here because I'm, I'm so amazed by it. Did you see this story? Uh, Chick-fil-A to start selling chickenless sandwich. Just a bun? Uh, well, that's a... <laughs> Excellent point, Fred. Excellent point. I love Fred even more right now. Chick-fil-A said Thursday it'll begin selling a chickenless chicken sandwich starting next week. The new menu item is called the Chick-fil-A Cauliflower Sandwich. And as its name suggests, it's made with cauliflower instead of chicken. A cauliflower filet. It's seasoned with the same familiar flavors and pressure cooked like the chicken sandwich to give it that special Chick-fil-A taste guests have come to know and love, uh, says Stuart Tracy, Chick-fil-A's principal culinary developer. Um, He said that he created the first version in 2018 after the research showed that customers wanted to add more vegetables to their diet. So they looked at it. Are they going to fry it? Who am I to judge, right? It goes on sale on Monday, by the way. Not here. It's going to, they're going to test it out in in some places. But uh, I've never had, (laughs) I've never had Chick-fil-A, I don't think. I know I've never Awesome. I've never been to Chick-fil-A. Have I had a sandwich that someone has brought to the station, Fred? Maybe I'd allow yeah. for that, but I've never gone. And people, I, I said I that out here last week when I was getting ready for the show. And Hannah 
and Anna, who work, Hannah works with, with Annie, mm-hmm. and Anna does some great work on our digital, uh, were both out there. And when you would have thought I said I just killed a bunch of puppies, the way their heads turned around <laughs> when I said I've never been to chick No, I think they called you a communist, I think. <laughs> I thought that's what I might have heard. But I've heard, I have heard how, how wonderful it is. It was funny because my, uh, my friend Tim McGowan, who uh, owns restaurants here in St. Louis, and Rosalita's is one of them, and he um, and his family host us down in what used to be Sanibel Captiva, although Captiva is in good shape. But when Tim got COVID, he told me the story. The, the way he figured it out, and his, I wish I had this in front of me. He sent me this email. He was already he was really psyched. He was going to get his Chick-fil-A. He took a bite into his Chick-fil-A, and it tasted like nothing. <laughs> and that's that was how know. he found out that he had COVID. I'm you know, kind of shortening the story a bit. That's interesting that a restaurant owner would be going to other restaurants. Well, I think by their very nature, they almost have to. Wouldn't you get kind of sick of your own stuff, right? And he doesn't own fast food restaurants, right. too. Okay. You know. He doesn't own Chick-fil-A. Good point. Um, let's do Sue's News with Jane. Always risky, but let's just kind of get it underway and see where <laughs> yep. this takes us this afternoon. <laughs> These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. No, 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 no. And now, Sue's News. Brought to you by Sue. Or Jane. Or Jane. Okay, so if you've had kids, um, you know you always worry about, yes, um, and I think even Abby can identify even though she doesn't have them too, but you worry when a little kid swallows something, right? I mean, like, that's a big deal, right? So, and I know that (laughs) I've been through it with my kids. I mean, they're, and the fact that they're still alive is nothing short of a miracle. So um, an ER physician got really interested because he says, you know, this happens a lot. They see a lot of people who come in, my kid swallowed something, you know, in the ER. And and so, and they wanted to bring a light to it because most stuff that they swallow is going to be fine. It'll just come out the other end. This too will pass. This too will pass. And, um, you know, and but there are a few things and they wanted to bring attention to the things that are horribly dangerous. That if like if it, those little round batteries... If a kid swallows that, like you have to instantly get them to the ER because it will burn their esophagus in very short order. So they wanted to, you know, you mean like the, the batteries that are more specialized? Batteries. Yeah, that you put in like a like a button a, battery, right? No, I yeah, got you. Button yeah. battery, yeah. right? And so, anyway, so they decided in order to get the message out that he got together with uh, five other physicians and they were going to do a scientific experiment. So they decided that each one of the doctors would swallow a Lego head. <laughs> this sounds like a brilliant plan. It absolutely is. And so, um, and then they would like, you know, publish the results because, you know, some of the medical journals have these sort of kind of fun publishings. And so they wanted to do that. And so um, they, that that's what they did. So they said, okay, we're just going to have everybody swallow this head and then we're going to figure out how it comes out. I can't believe you just said that, but go ahead. <laughs> oh yeah, I know that. Okay. Yeah, that was bad. Okay. So then, so they 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 had criteria where certain people would not be eligible, certain doctors. That's fine. Then researchers, they, the researchers, then measured the time it took for the gulped Lego head to be passed. The time interval was given a quote found and retrieved time, a fart score. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway, um, so you had to listen to the podcast. So of course I listened to the podcast to get the answer of what happened, right? So five of the six easily passed the Lego head. There was one person, one doctor that like they had to, they gave him like two or three weeks to like try to pass it. But the problem was he didn't probably probably check the okay. output to, in, to, to, to okay. determine which makes whether, sense. 
Because it wouldn't take weeks, would it? Wouldn't it just take no, a little bit of time? No, it wouldn't. Right. So it is likely that there was some sort of, you know, botched searching that probably led to the the the, the sixth doctor. The lack doctor. of retrieval. Yes. <laughs> yes. So um, it was five of six. I think you could probably surmise that the sixth yeah. probably passed. But... So, just, you know, most things are fine. what they do for fun? Hey, let's eat a Lego head and see if we can Um, find it in our poop. Well, one of them originated in Australia, and I don't know where the rest of them came from. So, um, because he recruited people, and I would imagine. (laughs) Has this been peer-reviewed, Jane? I just want to know if it's peer-reviewed. Well, I mean, it was reviewed by doctors. Mm. So, yeah. So, there you go. Just kind of going back to the beginning here. What was the point of all this? To, to shed light on that most of the time when kids oh, it's swallow something, if it's fine. Got it. But they wanted to highlight those things that aren't, and batteries is a biggie. Uh, it was poo reviewed. There you go. Ah, yep. Fred. Fred? I mean, did I, I mean that's two today. Hello, Fred Bottenheimer over I mean, there, ladies and gentlemen. Fred, I am so happy to be with you. That's all I have to say. <laughs> okay, so this one is a little bit. Um, this isn't as, you know, as, as silly as By the this way, one. when you do Susan News, like, do you, you do like, Sue does 15 stories. You do like three, but you do them real long. Yeah. I'm not criticizing. I like I'm just that. noticing the difference in I style. I like that. So, it's like a fastball pitcher after a curveball. Yeah, 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 exactly. Absolutely. Okay, America's unknown child mystery finally solved 65 years later. So, 65 years ago, there was a child found in Philadelphia um, that they, and they believe the kid was like four to six years old. Um, in a box. A runner found him in a cardboard box. And uh, he was wrapped in a blanket. And it it was a very sad situation. And back then, I mean, they put out posters. They, they did everything. They couldn't even identify the child. So it was very sad. So, and it was like a cold case. Um, and so um, they did, I mean, they did everything. They fi- But they finally sort of had to close the case. They buried him in Potter's Field um, because, you know, what do you do? Well, um, they decided in 1998 to, to exhume the body and get DNA. Oh. Didn't solve the case. So that was sad. But they gave him a more proper burial with America's, um, um, what do they call him, unknown child. He had a grave and everything. Then in March of 2016, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children added the boy's DNA to the database just to see, you know, that maybe someday it would show up. They again exhumed the uh, the remains in 2019 to get additional DNA. So, because you know the science is getting better and better and better as time goes on. Finally, on November 30th, 2022, the Philadelphia Police Department announced that they had posi- positively identified the boy. And um, they what they did is now that people's DNA is being collected everywhere, they figured out the genealogy and then they got relatives to um, give DNA so that they could actually track who the boy was. And his name is, he was four-year-old, Joseph Augustus Zarelli. And um, he has um, he has siblings that are still alive. But do we know what happened, why he was left in the box or anything like that? Has that been pieced together? No. Wow. 65 years later. So finally, when on January 13th, 2023, uh, which would have been his 70th birthday, Joseph got a proper burial. And a proper headstone, and we have now identified um, America's unknown child. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, Sixty-five years. Love to know what the circumstances. They may never find. That no, out. they don't. No, because he looked very malnourished. Yeah, but if he had siblings, did the siblings? Did they say that the siblings remember him or anything like that? He was only four. Okay. I don't know if he was the oldest. I don't know. Yeah. So isn't that bizarre? I mean, sixty-five. He years. had to have been the oldest. 
Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. No siblings. I mean, before him. Right. Uh, So we have a new world record of um, a mouse who wins the Longevity Award. Okay. (laughs) The world's oldest living mouse, if you will. Well, yeah, the one who has lived the longest. Now, who wants to guess how long the longest mouse has lived? Three years. That was mine. Oh. <laughs> okay. He's I'll, devastated. I'll say, you can say 3.1. Right. Yeah. No, I'll say five years. Okay. Ten years. How many? Ten. Okay. Abby is the closest. Oh, wow. Ooh. I didn't know that. This mouse lived nine years and 209 days. And the name of the mouse was Sir, Patri- Sir Patrick Stewart <laughs> because he was after the Star Trek guy. And so, yeah, at the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Allowance. And um, so he got his award from the Guinness Book of World Records. So there you go. Sir Patrick is the oldest. So there you go. Okay. This is kind of weird. So in Vermilion County, and I'm trying to remember where Vermilion County is. What, what, Was that in what, Oh, in Illinois, maybe. Oh, okay. Illinois, maybe. I think it is. I'm yeah. going to look it up. So um, there was a, like a, you know, uh, what do you call them? A t- a t- the second tier of hockey. It says Indiana, maybe. Is that, oh, is that it possible? Could be. It could be because it's close to, it could be close to Illinois. Yeah, I think that might be right. But it's a sub-professional team. It's like one of the, what do you call them? The garden teams that. Farm yeah, team. Farm team, something like that. Garden, garden team. There is a Vermilion really County, close. Illinois, too. There is. So oh, there, there is? Go. It could yeah. be Illinois. It's, it's actually uh, apparently both in Indiana and Illinois. So there you go. We learned a little bit of something. Yeah. So go ahead. So the Vermilion County Bobcats have a team. And so there was a group of fans. They had a, a, a pretty good fan base. And fans traveled to Danville, Illinois, for a game against Quad City. And so, um, you know, so everything's going along. Everybody's in their seats. Things are going on. The referees come out. The other team comes out. And, and a whole nine yards. And then um, after about ten minutes, they realized that the team was not showing up. So they just <laughs> didn't come. Nothing. No, no coach. No team. Nothing. So the people, so the the other team, Quad City, was like, well, this is weird. So they invited the whole fan base down on the ice and, you know, and said, hey, skate, we'll have some fun. And, you know, and they turned it into a whole play thing. And and everybody had a good time. I mean, the tickets are cheap, like 7 to 13 bucks. So, you know, but they wanted to, like, give the fans at least something. And so they go through this whole thing. And then they find out, finally, after all of this, the Bobcats announced that they had ceased operations. (laughs) It just, like, didn't tell the fans. It just didn't show up. So there you go. They need a new PR department. Yeah. So anyway. Random fact. Random fact. Um, Let's see which one. Oh, yeah, there is one that's relative to here. Um, It has been how many years? Um, in 1959, on this day, a major tornado tore through St. Louis and t- this whole area, killing 21 people and causing heavy damage. That happened. Yeah. So how many years is that? Uh, 63. Yeah. 63 years ago today, we had a bad tornado that killed 21 people. Wow. So there and you there you go. There That's is my random fact. News, but Jane's News on this Friday afternoon. Soon we'll be job. back on Tuesday. Again, yeah. my friend Don Kendrick who is back in St. Louis after a long stint in Cleveland, will be here Monday afternoon. Paul Hall has some thoughts on weekend entertainment. I think he's got some Super Bowl thoughts. Cusimano certainly has those. He's coming up at 445. Mr. Paul Hall is... Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Friday afternoon, St. Louis is home for conservative talk. Mr. Frank Cusimano coming up at 445. We visit with him every Monday and Friday. We take you into Super Bowl weekend, and um, spring training's about to start as well. So that's a good feeling. Paul Hall with Common Guy Films with us to talk about entertainment and movies, some things that you might want to watch if you're not watching the Super Bowl, although we're going to handicap the Super Bowl with you too. You're an NFL fan, even though the Chargers are not in that Super Bowl. How are you, Paul Hall? I am good for Super Bowl weekend here. There's a lot of new stuff, not a lot of stuff other than the Super Bowl that I'm going to recommend, though. Uh-oh. Oh, well, good. Well, you know what? Yeah, tell me what to stay away from because I don't like to, you know, screw up my TV time. Well, here's the deal. This weekend is full of stuff that are going to find niches, and they're going to find fun fans within each of those niches. However, the rest of folks are going to stay away. Let's start with Your Place or Mine, brand new to Netflix. Had a lot of buzz this week because uh, Ashton and uh, Reese, uh, Ashton Kutcher, Reese Witherspoon, had some red carpet photos that uh, Mila Kunis said they looked really awkward next to each other. Ew. Let's play a bite here because what's it called again? Your place or mine, uh, right? Your place or mine, yeah. Daddy, you need to take a break. I just need to be practical, which is what you have to be when you're a single mom. I got an idea. I'm coming to L.A. for a week. I'm going to look after Jack, and you can stay here. I don't know. You need help. Let me help. Taking care of Jack is a lot of work. I think I got this. Well, this sounds like another one of those preachy social justice movies to me, Paul. No, it's just a rom-com. Yeah. Going, oh, really? You know, we say. Uh, you know, I like both of these people, too. I, I like do, Reese too. A lot. And I, but, yeah. I have to go back to the, the red carpet photos. In what way awkward? Was it as awkward as when, I didn't bring this up on the round table, when Joe Biden planted one right on the mouth of Doug Emhoff <laughs> the other night, which was weird, Jane? Yeah. I don't know what to say about that. But don't what, what need was, to be doing that. No, I know. What was awkward about this? 
Well, it's just that some of the images on the red carpet look like the two were just trying not to be next to each other. And I guess uh, Ashton's comment was, well, he didn't want any kind of awkward things getting back to Mila, like oh, there was okay. some kind of relationship that really existed, as lots of times happens within uh, Hollywood when it comes to photos. But this is, a, this is a romantic comedy. These are two friends from long ago. Of course, in the beginning of the movie, they had a tryst together. But now, 20 years later, they're living on opposite coasts, one in New York, one in L.A., and Ashton decides to fly out and take care of uh, Reese's son as she flies to his place on the other side of the country and passes a class uh, to change her career. It's a movie that's totally predictable. You know everything that's coming. Very awkward at times, and Reese and Ashton hardly ever share a screen together because the only times they're together really are on separate coasts. It's a fun film for romantic comedy fans. This is one of those things where you're going to see it, you're not going to hate it, you're not going to love it. You're going to be like, eh, this was an acceptable two hours together uh, as you go go about things. If you're looking for something to watch uh, on your Netflix this weekend, Your Place or Mine is definitely passable, but I wouldn't say run out and you know alter your schedule to see it. Yeah, it looks, it looks rather light. I mean, if you like those uh, people, and I think a lot of people do, it's probably going to get some attention. Amazon Prime, somebody I used to know. Allie? Sean! Oh, my God! What are you doing here? You know, I'm just visiting my old haunts on the off chance I might run into an ex from 10 years ago. How many have you run into so far? Oh, my gosh, another social justice movie, it sounds like, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Allison Brie in this one, and, and in fact, you remember the movie My Best Friend's Wedding? Yes. Yeah, this is, at one point in the movie, it references My Best Friend's Wedding as, you, and many critics are saying they would rather have seen My Best Friend's Wedding again, because mm. it quite frankly is a lot like that. Brie is a uh, a, a reality TV producer, and she's uh, kind of made her mark when she comes home uh, for a weekend to refund, basically find herself, and she ends up uh, at uh, a wedding in town. And, well, maybe she likes some people there that uh, uh, old flames get rekindled, shall we say. Now, this is something that is – don't get fooled. This is a very raunchy comedy at times. Uh, so oh. this is going to border something very different than – you know, My Best Friend's Wedding, which was very light and easygoing. However, at times, you will get taken totally aback by weird things that happen on screen, and you go, wow, that just felt totally out of place. That's the biggest problem here. Bree is great. Uh, Dave Franco, uh, you may remember He's him. He's the from director a here, number. right? Yeah, he directed and co-wrote this with Allison. And there's moments through here that are really, really good. There are other moments that are really, really cringeworthy, uncomfortable. Um, So, you know, again, kind of like the last one, it's one of those things that people will find a market, and there are people that will enjoy this one. Uh, But quite frankly, again, I'm not going to alter my schedule to uh, load up Prime Video to see it. Uh, But if you're bopping through, spend some time with a little bit of a raunchy comedy. Do you you Mm. have a a theatrical release also this week? Theatrical and on demand, so you can see Seriously Red in either place. This is about a Dolly Parton impersonator, uh, and uh, she basically is trying to change her life. She takes on the role of Dolly uh, full full throttle throughout. And any time you can make an excuse to see a lot of quotes from Dolly Parton in a movie, uh, that's not a bad thing. Uh, However, there's going to be, again, it's one of those 
films that hits this niche. It's in the impersonator market. Half of them are drag. Half of them are, are, are male or female. Rose Byrne is in here and plays Elvis, shall we say, mm. in the course of things. It's just weird. Bobby Canalvi as well. Uh, I liked it. I didn't love it. Again, it's all in that middling, and, and it, that's that's uh, showing up in, in all their kind of IMDb grades. They all run in that four to six range, you know, yeah, and so yeah. people are saying the same thing about all three titles I mentioned today. Uh, and so, you know, that one's in theaters, and it's also, I believe, on demand on a lot of systems. Well, I need to tell you about the movie that I saw in the last week. I went way back. So I've been, I think I've told you about this, Paul, and Jane, I know you and I have talked about this. Every once in a mm-hmm. while, you know, it's getting late at night. I'll flip on HBO or something like that, and I'll just be at the start of a movie, and then I keep, and I press record, and then I'll watch it the next day or over the course of the next couple of days. For whatever reason, I saw, um, and my wife had never seen this movie. She was five years old when it came out, <laughs> which is one of the reasons. <laughs> Trading Places from 1983. Oh, Eddie a Murphy, great movie. Dan Aykroyd. Great movie. It is, and you know what? It held up spectacularly. It really did. It was a little politically incorrect, and I'm comfortable with that. Good Lord, you have Dan Aykroyd in blackface in this film. But I'm going to tell you, you know, you you watch a movie like that, I kind of got into it, and I kept watching it because it was compelling enough. You had um, Ralph Bellamy and Donna Michi. That was just a classic movie. The funny thing is, is Jane, after I ended up watching it, um, when I turned it off, I had recorded the DVR, I just happened to be, I think, on Showtime, and they were showing it, that's where I think they were showing it, but uh, Paul, it was, Eddie Murphy Raw was on as well. Oh, wow. And I turned, and I mean, that that was jarring to hear some comedy from, you know, the early 1980s. It oh, was very impressive, but... Completely different. Yeah. I mean, completely no way that happens now. No. There were a lot of things that I thought, oh, probably couldn't get away with that. Couldn't get away with there that. There are a number of that. films from that genre that were PG rated that you right. couldn't even say today. Not, not only would it be R rated today, but you couldn't even get away with saying them. No that you would be just uh, amazed Canceled. and go yeah. back in that right era, right where you're at there, Mark. Yeah, no, wow. I know. Uh, all right, let me get your thoughts on this football game. We are both um, fans of uh, AFC West teams, but your team did not quite make it, which I'm a little disappointed only because I had money on the Chargers. Who do you got in this one? I, I got to think as long as Mahomes can move that Kansas City comes away victorious. That's the big caveat. Let's be honest, that that game where Philadelphia played San Francisco, they played no quarterback the whole game. They have a great defense, and if Mahomes can move and do Mahomes things, I think Kansas City wins. However, that's a caveat that we all don't know for sure how good that ankle is and how good that first hit happens to be. And if something bad happens there, it could get ugly the other way. I um. Look, i got to go with the Chiefs, obviously, but the the scary part here is, as you know, Paul Hall and Jane, I've shared this with you, my, my picking football has not been my forte. In fact, yeah. I usually get it exact opposite. I told a friend of mine last night that, let me pull this up, we can, we can kind of record this for posterity. One of my NFL friends who actually works in the league and does some stuff with players, I said, um, here we go, here we go. Hold on a second here. Um, I basically said that you know, look, I like I take Andy Reid in a situation like this, right? And I said I'm biased. I'm always wrong. Maybe that tells you something right there. But I think they're going to play with a chip on their shoulder. The Chiefs will. They're kind of the underdog in this game. Mahomes has to be healthy, but I'm picking Andy Reid before his protege. And I like um, our former football coach here is the defensive coordinator. Obviously, didn't do so great when he was with the Rams. Uh, I like the Chiefs in this game because I think they're being overlooked to a certain extent. But look, Jalen was my fantasy quarterback. I know how good the Eagles are. I'm just hoping for a good game. 
That's what Here's I Here's the it's odd stat game. of the day I heard today was that uh, Mahomes, of course, won MVP yesterday. The last nine MVPs that have come to the Super Bowl have lost. Oh my God! Well, I like to play. I like to play the odds, so I'd like to say that might go in the Gotta opposite direction. Out, right? By the way, did you I'm see? I should have pulled this audio. I I walked into my house a couple of nights ago when they were doing some of the media stuff, and there was a reporter that was interviewing Patrick. You know, he was up at the podium, mm-hmm. and they um, the question from the reporter was, "Hey." Rihanna just said that you were the greatest quarterback of all time. And poor Patrick Mahomes was just basically answering the question like, wow, that's that's pretty nice of her to say. He did a he was as polite as he always is. And then the reporter says, No, I was just kidding. She didn't say that. Like, well, who does that? What is the point? I thought it was ridiculous that who the dude that? did that to him. But I'm kind of, you know, I got to tell you something, just as a, a point of reference, when this song was out, what was it, like 15 years ago? I love this damn song. I'm just going to tell love you, Rihanna. I loved Umbrella, love this song, so we'll see what happens. Do you have high expectations for the halftime show, Paul Hall? I do. Let's. Hey, it's got to be better than the weekend was. Oh, sorry if you liked it, but uh, I was dizzy. I thought the weekend was better than I expected. I really, I, I, I you know. It was, eh. it was better than I thought it would be, but yeah, I think Let's Rihanna's do better. Be okay. <laughs> well, maybe it's not it'll be better this weekend. Exactly. Say, it's what now? Not up with people. <laughs> that was. Does that go into the annals of biggest disaster or the well the the the, the wardrobe malfunction? But that was you know that's different. Oh, you know what? That's funny about that because I saw. I think I saw a story today where someone was kind of handicapping what might happen with Rihanna. Let me see here. They were um, super. Yeah. Oh, there's prop bets here. <laughs> here, let's go. Let's go down some of these. You ready? Mm-hmm. If I can get the damn thing to open up on the iPad, all the ads are coming in now. Uh, will Rihanna expose cleavage on stage? Uh, yes is minus 400. No is plus 250. Um, so you're, you're going to... Of course. Yeah, you get, yeah, I mean... Yeah, that's a, that's a no-brainer. Will Rihanna use a phone, tablet, computer? No, no. is minus 1,500. Yes is plus 600. So it's probably... Mm. Will Rihanna pull a Janet Jackson and show, um, you know, what on stage? No. no is minus 2,500. No. no is, yes is plus 800. So, yeah, those are the prop bets for Rihanna. Now, I know there's usually an over-under on Stapleton. He's doing the national anthem. We decided the other day, Paul, see if you can, you know, kind of get with us on this. I'm going to take the over because Stapleton's a sl- He's a slow... Yeah, he's not that's his nature. He's not going to whip through that Correct. thing, right? So I'm going to take the uh, the over on the national anthem, and then we'll see what happens from there. And I guess we got to concentrate on the there. game as yeah. well. All right, Paul Hall, tell folks where they can find your reviews. <laughs> it's commonguy.com. We'll talk next Friday. Have Go fun Chief. watching the Super Bowl. We'll see you. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate that. Kusamano's coming up. Chiefs owner Clark Hunt on with uh, Steve Ducey and the gang on Fox. Uh, he's doing great this week. Uh, I don't know that he'll be 100%, but he's sure isn't going to tell you otherwise. If not 100, give us the number. Is it 80? Is it 70? Is it 99? It's MVP. (laughs) MVP last night. He's a gamer, though, that Patrick Mahomes. And we are upon Super Bowl weekend. Frank Cusimano, sports director, KSDK Channel 5, with us this afternoon. Frank, how are you? Great to be with you, Mark. Hope you're doing well. I am. Jane's picking the Eagles. She just made that clear during the break. I'm still not going because with the I don't want the Eagles. Make your I, case. State your case. I just think one. I agree with you. One, if Mahomes has to be healthy, I'm not sure how healthy he is. He's the only one that runs. Um, I just think that they've just Philadelphia's got more depth. Cusimano, well, what do you Jane think knows, here? Jane knows her football. There's no doubt about it. And the fact that the Eagles had 17 guys either make the Pro Bowl mm-hmm. or were Pro Bowl alternates certainly validates that. They have a better overall roster. But yeah. I think it comes down to, to two things. On Sunday, who would you rather have at quarterback? 
and who would you rather have as a head coach? Yep, that's my. I mean, yeah, combo is just too much to overlook. I could be wrong. The experts are saying the Eagles are favored by a point and a half, but I am not going to bet against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes in this game. No, that yeah. that's kind of my feeling. And it is too. It is close for calling. It's not like the great yeah. thing is is this is going to be a great game. Well, you would hope. You say that and watch it be well, a three-touchdown game. Who knows? I hope not, but I mean, it would be great for it to be a great well, game. Frank, somebody threw this out, and I don't remember what the total is, but if you look at the total between the Giants and the 49ers, how much the Eagles put up, you can't do that. I mean, the Giants were, you know, they flamed out after having the initial win wild card-wise. And then if they don't, if they don't, well, let me put it this way, if the 49ers, if they actually challenged that first down in the uh first half or the first quarter where the Eagles scored that first touchdown eventually, that could have been a very different game, even with that. But, of course, Brock Purdy going out and then coming back in hobbled, that wasn't a real test. So this is going to be a real test with Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Steve Spagnuolo, and the Chiefs on Sunday. Yeah, and I don't want to minimize what Philadelphia has done in the postseason, but let's face it, you did that against Daniel Jones and then against the 49er quarterbacking situation, which was a complete catastrophe. Welcome to Patrick Mahomes, you know, who's going to end up being one of the top five quarterbacks of all time and is a reigning MVP. It's a whole different story on Sunday. All right, so we uh, we spent some time yesterday on Tarasenko because the uh, the trade was made. Um, I was just looking at Bernie Miklas's take on all this. And look, the, the amount – some people have said, Frank, look, if, if this guy stays a blue just with the, the – and this is not a good year example, maybe even the last couple of years, but his scoring and the numbers that he has racked up as a blue would maybe, if he stays on the team, warrant a statue outside the stadium. Obviously, that's not going to happen right now. He's had some tough years, and he demanded a trade a couple of years ago. But there seem to be a lot of people thinking unwisely that the Blues could have extracted more out of this deal, and that's just not realistic, is it? Yeah, I agree. Oh, not at all. I mean, he's going to be a free agent at the end of this season. Imagine if he doesn't sign with the Rangers, and the Rangers gave up a one and possibly a three for a guy they get for two months. So, yeah, look, if you can get that asset of a first-round draft choice and a third for a guy who is not going to be a part of your organization for sure moving forward, then you can't second-guess anything Doug Armstrong did yesterday. Yeah. Um, I was looking at some of the numbers here really are kind of amazing, and I guess I didn't really even think about it. I can't reference this right now. But he put up some amazing numbers, and then it just seemed like, okay, he's gone, and maybe that's just because the season's been so disappointing, right? Yeah, look, um, he had 262 goals. Only four members of the Blues have ever scored more in a Blue Note uniform. You can't minimize his accomplishment. I mean, he was, a, he was a terrific player and a great goal scorer, but this year he has not been great, and I'm not sure if he's going to get better. Now, I say that, and last year was one of his best seasons ever. In fact, from a point total uh, situation, it was his best season ever. But, look, it's a retool. You can't like expect this team to get better unless you start making some moves this group as we know it the 2019 group they're done okay you can't be a great team with that 2019 group anymore and it's like what ryan o'reilly told me yesterday he said you know 2019 in hockey terms that's a long time ago and uh, rosters evolve and so as we speak the blues have seven players well if you count sammy blake coming back eight Mm -hmm. players now on the roster from that 2019 team all right, let's talk a little basketball here. Mizzou heads to Rocky Top. The um, Volunteers are coming off a complete debacle against Vanderbilt of all times. And I don't know if I like them coming into this game with all that anger against the Tigers, but it is what it is, Frank. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that <laughs> I know. in the 20th team that's pissed off. Yeah, I know. Yeah, And Tennessee's really good. 
and they beat them by 19, I think, the last time these two teams were on the court at the same time. But the thing about it is Missouri can beat anybody. I mean, they could beat UCLA in John Wooden's backyard if they're knocking down the threes at a really, really high percentage. Mm -hmm. They did that the other night. They shot 50% from three against South Carolina. But you can also lose to a dog like Mississippi State when they don't shoot it well. So they're just going to have to shoot it great to stay in that game and not. So if they don't, they're not winning. And, you you know, look, you think that's like a common thing to say or there's not real insight there. But other teams can withstand bad shooting because Mizzou doesn't have that great, you know, interior game. They have to shoot the three really, really well to be a great team. Well, so, you know, Wednesday night was, uh, or Tuesday night was just ridiculous. They they looked at one point, they were down um, to the Gamecocks. They were playing South Carolina, one of the worst teams in the SEC. It's still a conference game. You're going to have tough challenges. Isaiah Mosley doesn't play. Let's address that. Yeah. What do we, we still don't really know everything that's going on with that, right? Because again, he doesn't really get in the lineup. He had a court appearance that he missed. Is this some sort of discipline? But when he's in that game, um, when they're gelling, that's a different team. And that didn't happen the other night. Yeah, when they have Carter, Kobe Brown, and Isaiah Mosley on the court at the same time, that's really dangerous. Three guys, 6'5 to 6'8, all put it on the floor, all pass it, all shoot it. Um, in terms of like insight of why, you know, Mosley has not played in a lot of games, it's interesting because I hear, you know, everything from an illness with his mom to a car accident to, you know, all sorts of discipline issues. But I will give Coach Gates credit because he doesn't want to air his dirty laundry. Now, we'd all like to know, and some people say, we have a right to know. No, if I'm Dennis Gates, what I want to do is do what's best for my team. I want to protect my player, and I'm not going public with any of this stuff. So, But they're a dangerous team with him. He's really special yeah. he's right. And I have mm. no problem with the way that Coach Gates is, is handling things because I, I, love, I love the job that he's doing right now. All right, what's coming up on Sports Plus on Sunday night? Okay, it's going to be fun. We're going to talk with the best talker in the history of St. Louis sports, Adam Wainwright. He's going to join us. And uh, we'll have Corey Miller live at spring training. And uh, we'll have all sorts of Super Bowl coverage, too. Awesome. Uh, Did you sit down with Wayne already? Yes. And uh, I'm going to give you one quick thing he said. Um, He said uh, he was looking through some baseball prognostications. And he said they ranked the 100 best pitchers in the National League. And he says, I wasn't on that list. And he says, well, Frank, i got to believe I'm in the top 100. And I'm going to prove everybody wrong. So a motivated, ticked-off Adam Wainwright, I think we're going to see great things from him. I hope ah, so. Absolutely. That's All right, great. Frank, listen, have a great weekend. That is weekend. a travesty. Enjoy the Super Bowl, and we will talk on Monday afternoon, hopefully after a Chiefs victory. All right, fellas. Take care. Right. Jane, have a great weekend. You Thank too. You. All right, take care. Bye-bye. I think you just misgendered you. You said, fellas, just I would file a complaint no, with HR. Well, no, he heard like about that. me being a tomboy. <laughs> That's probably true. Uh, I am ready, you know, for the Super Bowl. Although, for me, as someone who's so dependent, I a sad comment on my life, but we really kind of revolve our lives around the NFL to a certain extent on Sundays. And it just gets so depressing. And this is why Mizzou is important to me. Not that people really care, but this is the time of year where you have that gap. You Baseball, need, yes. Baseball's yes. coming down the line. Yes. I'm, a, I'm a PGA fan, so I watch your fair amount of golf. But when this ends, there's no more football to the end of August. Right? I might have to start watching more Wrexham, the what? soccer team that's owned by Ryan Reynolds. Oh, and Ro- yes. If you don't watch that show, 
It is awesome. Well, what's the show? They they bought a, no, a football that, club a and it's about show? them. It had a rea- yes, there's a reality show. It's phenomenal of like their first year, I think, and it's spectacular. You have to watch it, and they're getting fans where, where from all that? over the world. What is that um, stream? It might be. Is it on Hulu? Well, I knew um, that I knew that he had the game. In fact, it, it seems like every time I turn on ESPN when they're not talking about football or about NBA, Rexham. they're talking I'm about g- that. I'm right. getting a shirt. So no, it's really a great story and about and about the town and the people and the you should watch it. All right. Suggestion taken. Thank you, Jane. You have a great weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We will talk on the roundtable next Friday. And I was telling Jane this. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this at this point, but I'm just going to say it anyway. No, no, no. It's um, I do things I'm not supposed to do all the time. But <laughs> you said to me during one of the breaks earlier on the show, you goes, you said we need a field trip soon yes. for the show. And the good news is, is we have field trips coming up. We have um, on. <laughs> Not all of the Fish Fry Fridays, but on a majority of the Fish Fry Fridays leading up during Lent to Easter, we're going to be out and about. Love it. We've got some locations picked. I can't give any of that confidential information out. Some of that's in Joe Biden's garage with his Corvette. But we are taking the show on the road very soon on Fridays. And we're great. It's going to be fun. Jane, have a great weekend. You too. We'll talk with Ian Shear from CNET. Matt Pauley, a little Super Bowl preview, and he leaves for spring training this weekend. Coming up in the 5 o'clock hour on St. Louis's home for conservative talk. Get more at 971talk.com. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.